0: Hi everyone, it's Ainsley. Welcome back to my podcast, Pregnancy Prep, a podcast about pregnancy, labor, and delivery, and what comes next. I'm your host, Ainsley. I am a registered massage therapist and a birth and postpartum doula here in Ontario, Canada. And today's episode is part two of What is a doula and why would I need one? So, in the last episode that was released last week, We Discussed what a doula was and we discussed what we would do in visit one and that took up a little bit more time than I had anticipated so today We are going to talk about what goes on in visit two So we've already met you've already hired me. We've already had one visit where um, both partners are there if there are two partners and We kind of talked about everybody's role and all of that and now we're at visit number two so at the end of visit number one we about a birth plan, we went over it. I helped, I would have helped give examples of what to put in it, what questions to ask, just the whole structure of it. And then the homework would have been for you to figure out what you wanted to be in the birth plan. So, in visit two, the very first thing we're going to do is we're going to go over the birth plan, we're going to figure out what's important to the birthing parent and the partner, should there be one, and we're going to discuss how we'll handle it as a group if these things don't go to plan. So if in your birth plan it says, as the birthing parent, I wish um, to do this completely non-medicated We're going to go over what's going to happen if you end up having an epidural. What's going to happen if you end up having a C-section. So that there isn't... No, I'm sorry. I'm going to correct myself. There will still be kind of a grieving process if your intention was to have a non-medicated natural birth. And then you end up having to have interventions. But going over it ahead of time will help prepare you for that grieving process. And also help your partner, should you have one um know that this is gonna happen. So they might just be thinking, oh yeah, like we had discussed doing non medicated birth, but we ended up having a C section, but who cares? The baby's here and they're healthy. And while that is true, having this conversation ahead of time will allow your partner to know that you might be feeling a sense of loss because you didn't get what you had hoped for. That's why it's really important to go over all these things and to remember that while a birth plan is very important, and it sets out your intention for the labor and delivery, it's not set in stone, and it can change. So that's a pretty big thing that we're gonna go over in the very beginning of visit too. Moving forward from that, we would talk about different options for comfort measures, and possible preferences. So I'll bring my TENS machine and I'll explain how that gets used. We'll talk about different positions that you can be in. I'll demonstrate a couple of the standard things that I do. For example, a double hip press. I will demo that um, in visit two so that in the hospital, um, partner can be the very first person to try it. They don't have to witness me try it first because... When the mom's actually in pain or when the birthing parent is actually in pain and in labor, if I'm the very first person to do that hip squeeze, there's a good chance that that's what I'm going to be doing for the rest of the labor, which is completely fine. And that's what I'm hired to do. But sometimes it leaves the other parent or the other partner feeling a little bit left out. So having them do it first and try it out as the pain is building up and progressing is helpful. And then if it does come to the point where I have to step in, then I do. But it's always in the back of a doula's mind that they don't want to be overshadowing that partner, that they want to give them the tools to help. So I would teach double hip press. We would go over things like the slow dancing position and why that's so good. So that even if I'm not with you, when the contractions and everything are starting, that birth partner feels confident. They know what positions to put you in and why you're being put in them because we've talked about it. So then there's no panic. Uh, then after that, we would have a discussion mainly actually with the non-birthing parent or partner. Um we'd have a discussion about how to advocate for the birthing parent, for the mom. And for themselves during labor. Especially if you're in a hospital. So. We would have discussions. Just about how certain things are going to get handled. How they'll be spoken to. And that. If they're not being told. And it's a, it's an emergency. If they're being given a choice. Then there's a pretty. Strong chance. That. They don't have to say yes right away. And I don't think that people who aren't in the medical field or don't have family members in the medical field really truly understand this. I think we're raised to think that hospital staff and doctors are the be all and end all and that they know everything and they are fantastic. This is not a commentary on um, doctors or their skill sets or their knowledge It's simply informing the partner that if they come in and they say, so what are we thinking? Maybe we'll start you on some Pitocin. Things aren't really progressing as quick as we would like. Do you want an epidural? We're seeing that you're pretty tired. We want you to be strong enough to push. If they come in like that, then we want the partner to say things like, can we have a minute to discuss that? Uh, Are we allowed to ask questions? Can we try a couple other things first, like doing lunges or walking stairs before we do that? Just teaching them different language to use and when it's okay to step in and stand up for themselves and for their partner. Um, Because the reality is, if it was an emergency, a true emergency, and they had to get the baby out for both the safety of the birthing parent and for the infant, they wouldn't be coming in and asking questions. They would tell you what they were doing because it was an emergency and they needed to get it done, and they would get your consent. But when they're asking questions like that, that's when the partner can kind of step in and say, we'll discuss it, can we have time? So that's one of the big things that we're going to talk about in Visit 2, is giving them the language and giving them that confidence, you know, that they are there and they are the protector. Which also... Is nice because it gives you a job. You know that's your job. So when you're going in there, that's already in your head. After all of that, during visit number two, I often have a conversation with the birthing parent about anxieties that they might be having and things that are going on in their head just so that I have a better idea of what's going on so they can voice it because maybe they haven't felt like they can voice it yet or they don't want to freak out their partner or they just have no one to talk to about it. So it's good to kind of get all of that out on the table. And then after that, we, we go over once again, we kind of touch on this in visit number one, but we go over what the plan will be if there is a need for intervention. So if there's a need for a C-section, who stays with mom and who goes with the baby? Does the doula follow the baby, or does the doula stay and comfort the mom? Um, I think it's a really important discussion. I I know you don't want to manifest it into existence or anything like that, but just being prepared so that there isn't a panic or an argument during an already stressful time if all of a sudden there's an emergency C-section. So discussing... If partner is staying with mom or going with baby and where the doula will go. Because that's the one of the great things about having a doula. There's two of us. So you don't have to leave one of the two people alone. One of us will be there. But just figuring out where you want each of us. And then after that, we're going to talk about what's expected postnatally. So we talk about breastfeeding we talk about sleeping so for example if you are planning on co-sleeping we're going to have a discussion about safe co-sleeping i'm going to recommend different books we're going to go up and take a look at your room so that we can decide what is safe and what isn't um we also talk about what the birthing parent's duties are within the house regularly week to week. Like the birthing parent always takes out the recycling, the birthing parent always walks the dog, things like that because the reality is for the first couple weeks your main job is going to just be to keep yourself and your baby alive. And that's not to say that a parent drops everything when they have a baby and they can't function and none of that but to make it easy because your hormones are going to be all over the place because you're going to have lack of sleep it's my recommendation that you write out the things that you're usually responsible for and when your parent or when your in-law or when your brother or sister or best friend come over you have this list of things that they can help assist with so that your number one priority and your number one focus is on you and on the baby's health So I go into that much more detail, actually, in the visit, but it all depends on how the household runs. So it's hard to give examples because it would be different for every single client. And then at the end of that, we're just going to double check that there are no questions. And then for myself, because I am a registered massage therapist, if you pick a package that has a prenatal massage in it, that would actually be our third visit before the baby arrives. Obviously, anytime you need to call or text me, I'm always available. Um, But usually we just have these two visits. And then if you have the massage included in your package, then I would do that before the baby arrives. And I just have my, um, my table all set up in my clinic. That's how I that service. Um, And then, again, it'll completely be dependent on if you're having a hospital birth, a pregnancy center birth, or a home birth. But usually what happens is a doctor or midwife is going to tell you to contact them if your water breaks, or if you're having contractions, and they are lasting for one minute, There is four minutes between each contraction, and that pattern has been continued for at minimum one hour. That's when you're going to call the actual person who is going to catch the baby. So your doctor or your midwife, regardless of where you're going, that is usually the recommended time limit. Um, Or again, if your water breaks, because they will want to do a check if your water breaks, even if you're not having contractions yet. With me, obviously I get contacted if your water has broken, but I can be contacted a little bit earlier than that. Like with the contractions being six or five minutes apart. And often I'm being contacted when any kind of pattern at all is being established, just so that when the moment comes where you do need me and you think you're in pain and you want me to be there... It's not out of the blue for me. So that's why that open communication is so important in those end or those last days of pregnancy, rather. So you would give me a text, give me a call, and I would come over and we would start to work through that pain and use all those tools that we discussed both in visit one and in visit two. Um, If anyone has any more questions about what a doula does actually within the room, um, I can always do, you know, two more episodes, one on what happens during labor and delivery and what happens postpartum. Um, but I think for the upcoming episodes, I'm going to switch gears slightly and actually go back to answering direct questions, um, just because I have a lot of them and I'd like to get through them. But of course, if you would rather hear more about what a doula does, um, please let me know. If you have any questions, all of that can be submitted in direct messages uh, to my Instagram, which is ainsleyk.rmt.doula on Instagram. So that's A-I-N-S-L-E-Y-K dot R-M-T dot D-O-U-L-A. And then I just want to do a little disclaimer. This is my very first podcast, and while I am registered and I am a doula, I'm still relatively new in the birth work community. And so if my language is incorrect, or if I've used the wrong pronouns, or you feel like you're not being included, I just ask that you be patient with me and that you contact me the same way that you would with questions on my Instagram. Um, and with respect and kindness, if you could just alert me that I maybe am using improper language because I really don't want to offend anyone or upset anyone with this podcast. Uh, that being said, I hope you have a great day, night, morning, wherever you are in the world, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye, guys.